Merry Christmas, everybody. This is Truth Unbound. I'm your host, Walter Swaim, and I'm excited about you joining me today. Here at Truth Unbound, we always look for God's truth, His answers to the questions that we have about God, the faith, the Bible, events in the culture, and in the world, and in general. And, you know, I have studied and taught about the birth of Jesus in the Bible for nearly 40 years, and each time I find something new. Jesus, the Savior, the Son of God, God Himself, born from a virgin named Mary, 100% God, yet 100% man, was Jesus, and born in the city of Bethlehem. But why Bethlehem? Why this little and rather insignificant small town of Bethlehem, just some five miles from Jerusalem, chosen by God to be the birth of the creator of the universe in human body and flesh? Did God give clues as to why Jesus would be born in Bethlehem or even tell us directly? Let's find out right now. Hey, okay, now once again, just before we jump into the topic, I want to remind you that you can find out the latest that comes out from Truth Unbound and also grow the family of listeners and viewers of the Truth Unbound podcast by clicking on like today, clicking like on this video right now, in fact, and then clicking to follow the podcast. You can also subscribe and then also share the link to this podcast on your Facebook page by text to friends and family, whoever, and get the word out. All right. Well, thank you so much. And let's dive right in right now. Well, it's that time of year again, Christmas time here in 2022. Are you ready for it? Now, I don't mean running from store to store physically or online to get gifts, attend all the parties and run back and forth to see all the family and on and on it goes, right? The long list. I mean, are you ready inside of your mind and heart to revisit the amazing Jesus again, specifically in his miraculous birth? Well, let's see a possibility of why his birth is even more amazing than you've ever imagined. You're going to likely hear some things that you've not heard before about the first Christmas. So let's dive into it. So here is the passage of scripture we read every Christmas, every December, and here is the portion that intrigues us today. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, 
and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now, Bethlehem was normally a small town, estimated to be under a thousand people or so at that time. And it ended up becoming the birthplace of Jesus of the lineage of David, who also was born and raised in Bethlehem. Okay, so why Bethlehem? We see that this little town was not always so insignificant. In Genesis 35, 19 through 21, it says, So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar on her grave, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent toward the tower of Eder. Now, what is also interesting is that the words in the original language for Tower of Eder means Tower of the Flock. Now, they were constructed as military lookouts, but in times of peace, they were centers or towers, uh, lookout towers for shepherds to watch over their flocks. Sound familiar? And then in Micah chapter 4, verse 8, we read this. And you, O tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come, the former dominion shall come, kingship for the daughter of Jerusalem. Now again, this tower of the flock is the tower of Eder, which is pointing to the area near Bethlehem. Now, what about the sheep and the shepherds themselves in that time period in that area? Well, there are two documents from which we find out much of the period and before. One of them is very important. It's called the Mishnah. It is the first written record of the laws that were passed down orally from one generation of Jewish scholars to another, and also including the explanations of these oral laws. It was finally written down around 200 AD, 200 years after Christ. The Pharisees also highly regarded these oral laws, which is a big part of their pr troubles with Jesus because they made them into the same as God's laws given directly to them through Moses. But I digress. Let's focus on Christmas, okay? Well, anyway, the Mishnah tells us some of the rules or guidelines for the provision and care of the lambs that would be sacrificed in the temple during especially the Passover period. Another highly regarded book that is referred to as the Targum, which is the Aramaic translation of the Hebrew Bible. Now, these two books were referenced by a well-known Messianic Jewish scholar named Alfred Edersheim, who wrote the famous The Life and Times of Jesus, the Messiah. And in his book, he states, and I quote, that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem was a settled conviction. Equally so was the belief that he was to be revealed from Migdal Eder, the tower of the flock. This Migdal Eder was not the watchtower for the ordinary flocks which pastored on the barren sheep ground beyond Bethlehem, but lay close to the town on the road to Jerusalem. 
A passage in the Mishnah, Shekalim 7.4, leads to the conclusion that the flocks which pastured there were designed for temple sacrifices and accordingly that the shepherds who watched over them were not ordinary shepherds, end quote. So what we're told then is that these shepherds mentioned in Luke just happened to be of a special class of shepherds, the Levitical shepherds for the temple in nearby Jerusalem. And by their response to the angels in the story in Luke, we captured that these shepherds did love and worship the God of their fathers. So it's no wonder these Christmas shepherds or Levitical or temple flock shepherds were thrilled at the news of the Messiah being born because they anticipated he would come one day. Now, these sheep were also very special sheep in the countryside outside of Bethlehem. As Edersheim says, uh, these sheep just happened to be the ones used for the sacrifices of lambs in Jerusalem at the Passover. Passover sacrifices for every family that came to Jerusalem would have created a very high demand for thousands of the lambs needed to sacrifice in the temple for their family's sins. Now, like these, Jesus was also put in a manger or stone trough similar to this one in the picture after he was wrapped in swaddling cloths or strips of cloth around the arms and legs, then the whole body to give security and warmth to the newborn Jesus. So in summary, what is being suggested here about the birth of Jesus? Well, let me quote to you from Leonard Sweet and Frank Viola in their book, Jesus, A Theography. Quote, Bethlehem lambs born for slaughter were special lambs to prevent harm and self-injury from thrashing about after birth on their spindly legs. Newborn lambs were wrapped in swaddling cloths. Then they were placed in a manger or feeding trough where they could calm down out of harm's way. After careful inspection by the shepherd, any spot or blemish no matter how slight, meant instant rejection, slaughter. The Hebrew word timim, translated for lambs without spot or blemish, means complete, whole, entire, sound, end quote. Okay, so as we connect the dots scripturally and historically, here's the picture that's being drawn for us as we connect it all together. The lambs were born and taken into the tower, and in this case, the Tower of Eder, to be wrapped with swaddling clothes, placed in a manger, and inspected if they were perfect, without spots or blemishes, or handicaps, or anything else imperfect. They were then eventually used as sacrificial lamps, perfect ones, for the Passover sacrifice for forgiveness of the respective family's sins. Are you starting to see the picture here? The idea is that Jesus was born possibly in the Tower of Eder, fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies we read earlier, that like these lambs, he was perfect and holy within because he was the Lamb of God. And then this Lamb of God, Jesus, was wrapped in swaddling cloths like those for the sacrificial temple lambs. So the shepherds who were told by the angels 
to go see Jesus in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths? Didn't witness anything new in seeing a lamb in a manger. It was who was in that manger. Now, some point out that there is no more than this scant evidence, and though it sounds amazing, it is, may not be necessarily true that the shepherds and manger and location of Jesus were, well, not really related in such a way and simply brought together by the angels in a random yet miraculous way. Now, they make a very convincing point and could possibly be right about all of it. One of their points is that the Mishnah uh, was not written until 200 AD. But then again, the Mishnah, though written in 200 AD, is the written record of oral laws that have been passed down for centuries from one generation to another. So it is more than a viable source of information. So I tend to lean heavily toward the idea that all of this was aligned by God as described about the tower, the sheep, the shepherds, and Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, as suggested by Edersheim and others. Either way, it's still the one and only miracle virgin birth of the one and only miraculous Savior, who soon completed a miraculous work in dying on the cross and rising from the dead to save us from our sins and open the door to anyone to receive the gift of forgiveness of sin and eternal life by believing in Jesus, the Lamb of God, and what he has done by simple faith in him. Here's an additional and interesting point to the sheep. According to historical sources, both ewes and lambs died leaving orphan sheep. Ewes, or female sheep, were notorious for not accepting the orphan sheep. So shepherds devised two methods to help correct the situation. Number one was using some blood from the placenta of the dead lamb and smear on an orphaned lamb so that that mother would accept as their own that lamb by recognizing the smell of her own. The second way was by completely washing the orphaned lamb in the blood of the dead lamb. What does that mean for you and me now? It means that we who are orphaned from God due to our sin are spiritually washed in the blood of the Lamb of God who died for us when we put our faith in him. By the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, we're accepted and adopted by God the Father now and forevermore. Hallelujah. Wow. Hey, have you accepted the Lamb of God and what he has done for you? Have you knelt before him in your heart and mind and told him, I am a sinner, save me, I believe in you. You died for my sin, rose from the dead for my sin, and I believe in you. You rose again so that I could have eternal life. God, save me, forgive me, use me, I'm yours. Would you do that today? Just pray and talk to him right now, and then let me know by writing us at info at truthunbound.org so we can help you in the next steps. Well, I hope presenting these fascinating details will help you in experiencing Christmas differently this year. What an amazing Savior he is. Jesus, the Lord and Savior for all those who will receive his gift of forgiveness and life forever through him alone, by faith in him alone. Hey, don't forget to click on like, click to follow, subscribe, and share this with everyone you know today. And remember to always follow Jesus 
because by doing so, you'll always follow the truth. Thank you.